Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Good morning. Ah, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. I know that when it gets rainy, you know, we like sort of like, well, you know, but we're in church this morning. And I want to tell you something that I really believe when we were singing here a moment ago, that the enemy should have taken you out when he had a chance. He should have taken you out when he had a chance. And he lost his opportunity with you. Just the fact of you being in the house of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work in your life, just the fact that you're connected through that camera today and saying to the Lord, yes, Lord, I'm here. Do whatever it is that you need to do in my life. Just the fact that you are surrendering to God. Let me tell you, that's bad news for the enemy. That's real bad news for the enemy because the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. And today I want you to take hold of that life that he has for you in this season. And don't let anything or anyone shake you out of it, convince you of it. Because I believe that God's plans are good for you. There's only like five people that believe that this morning. I believe God's plans are good for you. Amen. And you hold on and you trust God. This morning we did a trust, uh, we did a a trust, uh, how can I say it? Yeah, like a little trust test this morning with our dream team to make sure that we're trusting God. And I had all the dream teamers line up one with the other, guys with guys, girls with girls, and just, to, just throw yourself back and make sure that the, old, the other person was going to catch you. And you should have seen some people, they're dropping back like this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Take out that leg. We're doing that again. Because a lot of times we have issues and just going like this and surrendering. And then they go, all right, pastor, now you do it from the top. And then all the guys were there in the bottom. And I was like, oh, boy. I'm like, all right, guys, you got me. And I dropped and they all caught me. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes it'll look like you're down for a free fall, but God is going to catch you. He's not going to let you drop. It gets a little scary on the way down sometimes. How many believe that it gets a little scary? Maybe you're in that scary zone right now. You know, maybe you're in that, that zone where everything is shaking. You know, one time I was in a plane and that plane boy... It was coming from New York to Miami. And when it was going like over that whole North Carolina area, it just started shaking. And the lady next to me, she started praying and she brought a a rosary out, you know, and she started going through the beats and stuff like that. I'm like, what in the world? And I was like talking and smiling. And the lady goes, aren't you nervous? I'm like, no. And she goes, this plane's about to fall. And I'm like, no, it won't. She goes, how do you know? I'm like, because I'm in here. And she goes, what do you mean because you're in here? I'm like, I know God's plans are not done with me yet. And she goes, I need your faith. I'm like, well, you know, it's available to you as well. And I started talking to her about Jesus at that very moment. And before we got down from that plane, that lady was receiving Christ with me on that. And maybe God caused that whole storm for that lady to be able to put her trust in God. And maybe you're going through a storm in your life right now, and God is causing all that so that you could put your trust in him. You know, and today I want to ask you, how's your trust level this morning? How's your trust level with God? Maybe you're like, "Mm, Pastor, I'm like at a five. Well, God's about to amp that up and take you to like about an eight or a nine right now. In Jesus' name. 
So Father, we want to thank you this morning because we know we're going to see your victory, Lord God, in our lives. We're going to see your hand upon our lives. We're going to see your goodness in the land of the living, Lord. I know there's great goodness for us, Lord, when we move on and we pass away, but we believe that we will see your goodness in the land of the living. That's what King David said. And I believe, Lord God, that this is the season where things that have been stuck, things that have been shaking us, Father God, they move right now in Jesus' mighty name. And I declare that our trust and our faith goes to another level in this season, Lord. And I thank you for my brothers and my sisters that are in this room today, Lord, that have decided, my God, that no matter what they're going through, no matter what the weather's outside, Lord, they're going to believe and they're going to trust in you, Lord. So we give you the glory this morning. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue moving over this place, Lord God, and over the lives of every person that is watching online as well. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty and holy name, the name above every name, the name of Jesus. And we all say amen and amen. Put your hands together for him. Thank you, guys. The one last announcement that I asked Pastor Milton that I wanted to make has to do with our young people, all right? All the youth uh, that are between 13 and 18, they're going to have a Valentine's bash this Thursday night. It's not going to be Friday. It's going to be Thursday night, all right, at 8 o'clock. So if you have a young person between 13 and 18, bring them. It's going to be next door. But we're going to have something very, very nice planned out for them. Uh, so make sure that your youth uh, get over here, all right? And I believe that they're going to have a great time. And by the way, riding the wave of what Pastor Milton was saying, that couple's dinner is going to be good. There's some great surprises that we have in store. So sign up, all right? $100, you go, well, man, it's $100. Listen, for Valentine's dinner, all right, you go to places and their menus are going to be $150, $200, and you're going to be like, what in the world is that? You know, and they're not gonna get, you're not going to get what we're going to give you that day. Because I believe that that day, God has something very special in store for the couples, all right? So at the end, go and sign up. Today we're starting a new series, and this series is called We Are Numa. Can you say that with me? We Are Numa, all right? And we're going to go through this series, the month of February, all the way to the end of March is going to be... Uh, usually I don't do a two-month series, but we're going to dive in into uh, our identity as a spiritual house, our identity as a spiritual family. And one of the things that I love about doing these type of series is that you guys are going to hear, you know, of what we believe in as a church, you know. And I know that we talk about this in Growth Track Step 1. I was talking to Emmerich and Lorraine back there. You know, they lead uh, Growth Track. And I'm like, listen, today we're going to do like Step 1, but like for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Actually, we're going to sign off on Step 1. If you haven't taken Growth Track and you come and listen to PC today, we might sign you off on that Step 1. You heard the word might, just in case. But anyways, why is this series important? One, because if you're part of the family, all right, it's going to refresh you, the vision okay, of what God has called us to do as a church. And also, if you've arrived, all right, in this last season to Numa, you're going to hear directly from me as a pastor. What, are, what is our identity? What we're called to do? What is God, you know, what's the special DNA for each of us as a spiritual house? This week, uh, I've been a little down and out, all right? I've been fighting with a cold. I had somebody tell me, pastor, they celebrated your birthday on Sunday, and then Monday you were out. You celebrated hard. And I'm like, well, you know, 
let's not, you know, I, it was a regular seller, but I've been feeling bad. But I did talk to a person this week, and they were giving me a testimony. And this person uh, is new working for our school. For those that don't know, we have a school, all right, that goes all the way from baby six months old all the way uh, right now to eighth grade. Next year, we're going to have ninth and tenth as well. So you can get more information on that if you're interested. We believe that God is not only calling us to have a full-blown school, but eventually to have a college in this place as well. All right. And uh, so we have a new teacher for Spanish. And I was speaking to her and uh, she goes to me, I don't know if you guys know what you have in this place. And I'm like, what, what are you referring to? And she goes, every time I come in here, it's like if I'm breathing fresh air. And I'm like, can you repeat those words again? And she goes, I feel like I'm breathing fresh air. And I'm like, that's exactly what pneuma is. That's what pneuma is. The word for pneuma is spirit, is breath. All right? It's the spirit of God. And actually, today's message, okay, is called Breathe Deep. All right? Which is our slogan as a church. Because whenever there's fresh air, what do we want to do? We want to breathe deep. We want to take a deep breath. And we want to be able to take in what's going on. And this lady was giving me her testimony. And she goes, Pastor, I don't know what you do, but even the kids here, they say hi to me. And you know, for a kid to say hi, you know, it's like, how many of you guys know that? You know, youth pass by and they don't, you know, it's like, you know. But she goes, the, the kids are like, hi, you know. And it's so refreshing Right? To have children, you know, look at you and wave at you and greet you. You guys are doing something different in this place. And I was like, you don't understand. Uh, like, I'm like, this lady just deposited a hundred bucks into my spiritual bank account right now. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be legitimate in our walk with God. We're trying to do something different that it will look like if heaven would be here on earth. That's what we want. And, and people look at me, you know, as a pastor in this place, and I tell them, in reality, you know what? I'm just a steward in this place. The Holy Spirit is the one that pastors this church. And what we need to do is we need to surrender to him and let him do what he needs to do. So today's message is called what? Breathe deep. Breathe deep. Why do we want you to breathe deep? Because I believe with all my heart that God has called us to be and do something very special as a church. And you might ask me, what makes this church unique? I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of churches in the city of Miami. And by the way, I believe in the unity of the body with all my heart. Actually, our youth this Friday were together with another church and we were celebrating our service. And I mean, it was powerful. My wife and I dropped in, and that church is right there on Miller and 122nd, and we were there with their youth, and the presence of God that was in that place, because there were different churches that were all together. And there's an anointing that God pours out when the body of Christ comes together, and there's no divisions. So I believe powerfully in what it is, the coming together of the body. But I understand that to each congregation or each spiritual family, God gives it a special DNA. All right, and God calls us to do something, you know, special. And Paul speaks about this using the example of the body. And he says, listen, the hand is very different than the foot. And the foot has one function and the hand has another function, you know. And the nose has a function and the ear has another function. You know, the other day, my kids, my small ones, they were playing a game. And they're like, Daddy, if you had to choose between having one eye or three ears, which one would you pick? 
I'm like, boy, that's, that's like a crazy one. So I'm like, I need to get to a red light where I really could think about this one that you're asking me here. I'm like, explain one eye or three ears. I'm like, well, my ears are kind of big. So if I had a third one, that would be complicated. You know, so I think I told them I would have one eye. Like, and they're like, but right in the middle of your forehead? I'm like, so we are all different. Right? We have different functions. And I think that as a spiritual home, God has called us to do something specific in the body. And there's two things. All right? There's two things that I believe make NUMA, okay, a fresh air environment. I think it makes it a special church where I could tell you as the pastor, you know what I want you to do? I want you to breathe deep. The other day I was talking to a young couple that they're coming from another congregation. And they're used to serving and being involved in the things of God. But they went through a little bit of a rough time. And you know what I told them? Right now, don't get involved in anything. Right now, just sit down, enjoy. And I told them, and breathe deep what we have in this place. The time will come when you can get involved. But right now, you need the Holy Spirit to do a little bit of work in here. You got you to gotta let him work in your life. So what are those two things that I think make us very important? Number one, our culture. Culture, number one, and number two, our vision. So today, I'm going to go briefly over the culture part, and I'm going to dive in more into the vision part, because in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the culture aspect, all right, of us as NUMA. But today, I want us to go to Psalm 92. If you have your Bible, you have it on your phone, or you have your old school Bible right there where you're at. By the way, guys, I'm going to encourage you always to journal and to take notes and to write down. Just this past week, I was going through different journals that I've had through the year, through the years. And I was looking at one from 2006. And then I was looking at another one from 2009. And then I was looking at another one from 2014. And when I revisited some of the things that God was showing me, I was like, wow, this is so powerful. And it really stirred even some stuff up in my heart that I had sort of forgotten, you know. And when I read it, I was like, wow, we need to be about this, you know. So always journal and take notes. So Psalm 92, verse 12 through 15, it says, the righteous, that's you guys, by the way, you know, because some people are like, the righteous, they're like, oh, that's talking about somebody else. No, that's you, all right? If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. So he says that the righteous are like what? Are like palm trees or like the cedars of Lebanon. All right, we have Shafiq and he's from Lebanon and we're talking about the cedars of Lebanon. All right, And when Solomon was constructing his temple, he asked for cedar to be brought from Lebanon to, to construct the temple that he was building. And isn't it funny that the scripture will use that same terminology, but this time it's not talking about a physical tree. It's talking about you and I when we're planted in the house of God. And that we give fruit, and it says even till old age. And I want to tell you something, church. One of the things that the Bible is calling us to do is to be planted in a house of God. 
And if Numa Church is your spiritual family, we need you to plant yourself and take root in this place. Why? So that you can give fruit, because God wants you to give fruit, and we'll get to that at the end of the message. I've never seen a tree that is floating in the air giving fruit. The other day at home, I had people that were in my backyard, and they're looking next door to us. We have a mame tree. Anybody knows what mame is? All right? Mame is like, when you make un batido de mame, oh my God. That's amazing. And then my mango tree, which I have a stories of my mango tree, it's full of flowers already, and I'm going to see it's going to be a great season for mango this year. All right? But those trees are not floating in the air. Where are those trees? Oh, they're well rooted. They're real well grounded. If you look, you know, at the roots that they have, like, oh man, this, this, this tree is strong. Well, the Bible says that we need to be what? We need to be rooted in the house of God. We need to be rooted in the house of God. We live in a time and we live in an age where people have an issue with commitment. You know, we live in a time where people are having issues with commitment. For example, even with marriage. A couple of years ago, it caught my attention that the divorce rate in America has gone down. So when I dove in to find out how come it had gone down, you know why the divorce rate went down? Because people stopped getting married, and they're just moving in. So if you move in with somebody, you're not getting married, of course the divorce rate is going down. But what is the fear behind that? It's a fear of commitment. We have a fear of really committing, of going all in. And you know what? The same thing happens with the church. Some people are afraid, okay? They want to go to church, but they don't want to commit. They want to come and enjoy, you know, everything that is going on and, and maybe even come in and go out unnoticed. You know, it's like, I don't want to say hi to too many people. You know, I don't want to be disturbed. I want to come in. I want to go out. Maybe you even attend a small group. You know, like, man, the pastor pushed that small group thing so much that I just jumped into it. But you're like, I don't even know why I did it. And I don't even know if I want to go. And then the night of the group comes and you're like, I'm not going to go because you're afraid of being committed. And then when it comes to serving, you know, and, and, and giving of your time to God, you're like, no, 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 no. There's enough people there already. Uh, they got that covered. And when we talk about giving money and tithes and offerings and all that, you're like, oh, heck no. What's the pastor going to do with that? You know, it's going to be in the pastor's rims or something like that. And we're afraid of what? We're afraid of commitment. Actually, I had one day a person tell me, pastor, you know that I don't give my tithe? And I'm like, how come you don't give your tithe? He goes, because I serve. And I'm like, well, that's one thing that we need to fix. He goes, well, my service is equal my time. So as I serve and give time, that's equal my money. So as I serve, I don't need to give tithe. I'm like, bro, you've been giving some thought to this, but no, it doesn't fly. Can you imagine, Pastor Max? Imagine how rich you would be, bro. Pastor Max would be driving in in a Rolls Royce on Sunday morning if, if I would allot his time. Oh, by the way, young people that you guys are here, you know that you could do your community hours here at Numa? And we could actually use some of the help. The other day, my son, he goes, Dad, I need to get some community hours in order to, to build up, you know, before I graduate. I'm like, David, since when have you been serving the Lord here at church? He goes, since I was like eight years old in the sound and doing this, you know that I could count all those hours to your favor? He goes, man, that I must have like 10,000 hours, he told me. <laughs> you know? 
But people are afraid of, 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 of having commitment, you know. And why are people afraid of committing to the local church? Well, I was thinking of a few things just came to my mind. Some don't see the benefit of it. Like, why do I have to do it? You know, what's the benefit? Some don't think that God requires it. I've had so many people come and tell me, Pastor, I don't need to go to church. I, I could do this from home. I could worship God and I could read my Bible from home and all that. And they don't think that God requires it. But I want to tell you, God does require that we congregate. Okay, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about that. He goes, don't stop congregating as some have fallen into the habit of doing, even in that time. And even more, as you, oh, there's an alarm going off. Now, my time's still not up, but I still got to keep preaching. All right. He goes, even as you see the day approaching, what day? The day of Jesus coming back? He goes, don't stop congregating. Continue in congregating and encouraging one another. You know, some people don't want to commit to church because they've gotten burned somewhere else and don't want to get hurt again. So they're like, oh man, I lived this over there. And you know what? They're going to do the same thing with me over here. I want to tell you something. If you've gone through that situation, all right, it is important that you deal with it. If you got burned in another church, you know, you were serving in another ministry, it's important that you deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, sooner or later, that's going to pop out wherever else the Lord puts you at. You know, you need to bring healing to that. And I like to say it like this. The way that you leave one place is the way that you're going to go in into the next place. So that's why I told these people, just take some time and you know what? Take a deep breath of what we got around here. And God will tell you when it's the right time for you to do what? To commit and dive in. But you need some healing. You need some work in here. And then others, another reason why people don't commit is that people are looking for the perfect church. The perfect church. Have you ever found people like that? They're looking for the perfect church. Well, I got news for you this morning. There is no perfect church. And I'm going to tell it to you like this. Forgive me for what I'm going to say, but the day that you got to that church, it stopped being perfect. Because you are imperfect. And if you're looking for the perfect pastor, his name is Jesus. It's not Chris, I'll tell you that. The Lord is my shepherd, the Bible says. <laughs> There's no perfect church. I'm going to mess your theology up. All right? But even in heaven, God's church got a little messed up with somebody that brought division and took one-third of the church members with him. But we won't dive into that. That could be a handful to get into this morning. But I just want to throw that thought out there. So what do we do? What do we do? We don't look for the perfect church, but we look for a healthy church. Say with me, healthy. Okay, we look for a healthy church. Health is paramount when it comes to church. Health is paramount. Listen, the church doesn't have a seed problem because the seed is the word of God. Jesus says the, the sower is sowing seeds. The church doesn't have a seed problem. The church has a soil problem. What do you mean that it has a soil problem? The soil has to do with what? It has to do with the culture of that church. Look what Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29 says. All right? Mark 4, 26 through 29, this is Jesus speaking. He says, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, pay attention, while he is asleep or awake, 
the seed sprouts and grows. But he doesn't understand how it happens. Now, look at this next part. The earth produces the crop on its own. What produces the crop? The earth. Is the seed the problem? The seed is not the problem. The earth, when it's a healthy earth, what is it going to do? Look at what it says. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the head of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come. So health. Say with me, health. 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 Okay, so what creates health in a church? Okay, it's culture. Okay, write that down. What creates health in a church is culture. The first thing that I believe with all my heart that makes Numa a place where you can breathe deep has to do with what? With its culture. And culture matters to us a lot. Why does it matter to us a lot? Because healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. All right? You guys know my analogy that I love basketball. All right? And I love the Miami Heat. Yesterday, actually, I was uh, going over some stuff, throwing away some stuff that I've kept for a very long time. And I found some of my notebooks from first grade, from third grade. And I found a little paper cutout from when we used to play basketball. I have one of my basketball teammates here. My good friend, Aspo Quintana, sitting right there. Brother, I love you so much. Every time that I see you here, I'm like, I can't believe he's coming to listen to me talk, man. <laughs> but we go back to third grade, all right? Him and I, he used to sleep over my house. And we used to spend so much time together. And I found a little newspaper cutout when we used to play basketball, the top scorers on the team, who made the rebound. In our senior year, at that moment, we beat a team called... Uh, Hialeah Christian, the score was 86 to 25. You imagine that? 86, and it says 20 and 1. La Progresiva, 20 and 1. That year, we're one game away from going to States, and we lost to a team that we had beaten during the year that had had our number for a couple of years. But I love basketball, and one of the things that we loved about our team was the culture that our coach had brought in. And everybody in that team, they bought into that culture. And the coach would put us to run like he had no idea, especially in conditioning season. You remember one day he got a basketball. He goes, you see this? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're not going to see this for two months. But we're going to run. And we would run. We would jump. I mean, crazy things. Why do people want to come and play for the Miami Heat? Because of the culture. It's a winning culture. The people talk about the culture. And culture talks about what? It talks about health. For me in Numa, culture is paramount. Now, however, it wasn't like that all the time. All right, back in, my wife and I have been around for a very long time. And back when we were asked to take the church, it wasn't too much of a healthy culture. And this was my prayer to God. My prayer to God was, Lord, how can we fix this? How can we make it healthy? Because healthy things grow. And I'm not just talking numerically, because before it grows up, sometimes it has to grow down first. You guys understand what I'm talking to you? Health is paramount. And my wife and I, we left on a retreat to North Carolina to see if the Lord wanted us to pastor this church. And this week, 
I started looking for videos that I have of that. I need to talk to Omero, which is back there somewhere behind the camera, Omero. I have a hard drive, an external hard drive, where I have all the videos of that trip, but the hard drive is like flashing and it doesn't connect to the computer. I'm like, I need to salvage this, it's gold to me. Because when we left to that trip, that's where the Lord started. First, he confirmed to us that he wanted us to pastor this church in that season of our life, which I didn't know if he wanted us to do that. And number two, he gave me these core values. Not long before that, I had been in a place in Tyler, Texas, a great youth ministry. And when I walked into that youth ministry, I walked into the halls of their main building, and there were posters of what their values were. And I was like, man, that is powerful. Because those values is what allows this place to be what it is. And that day, I went up on that mountain with my wife, which is a completely crazy story. But when we got up there, it was full of people. And I'm like, bro, I was with an iPod. I was with a speaker, all right? I was with una pañalera because my daughter Hadassah was about a year or two years old. And we weren't even ready to climb. And I was dying when I hiked up there. And all of a sudden, some American lady pregnant with two little kids just passes by me at a speed that I'm like, how is she doing that? She's pregnant. I'm not. Even though sometimes it looks like I'm, but I'm not. I'm pregnant with the vision of the Lord. And when we got up there, it was full of people. It was a beautiful overlook on the tallest mountain in North Carolina. It's called Mount Pisgah, like the same mountain where Moses went over and saw the promised land. That's the name of that mountain. And we got up there. The overlook is full of people. And I'm like, oh, my God, these people are going to think I'm crazy because I had some music I wanted to play and I wanted to worship and had some time with the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord sent a rain cloud and it started raining. And we hid under a tree and everybody else left. And 20 minutes later, it was just me and my wife up there. Like, now this is what I wanted. And we had our time with the Lord. And the Lord gave us these 10 core values that actually we're going to dive into starting next week. And we're going to start breaking them down. But that's what makes NUMA a healthy church. What are those core values? I'm just going to give them to you real quick. Dependence. Dependence on who? Dependence on God. Jesus says, by yourself, you can't do anything. You can't bear fruit on your own. He said, I am, I am the root, you know, I am the tree, and you guys are the branches. So dependence on God, honor, integrity, humility, obedience, generosity, excellence, perseverance, gratitude, and generational mentality. Those are our 10 core values. Sure. We have them there, right behind me. Look at that, bro. I love it, man. A young person is the one that is asking me to repeat it. There we go. Dependence, honor, integrity, humility, obedience, generosity, excellence, perseverance, gratitude, and generational mentality. And I want to tell you that one day, a businessman from our church goes, Pastor, can I take this and apply it to my business? And I'm like, yeah, for sure, man. All these things, they work. These are godly principles. They work. So he invited me to his business like a year later. And he had blown out the words and put them all over. And he had a meeting with his employees and added them as part of his handbook. And even till this day, those are his core values for his business, very successful business. So I tell you this, why? Because we're talking about creating a healthy culture. Creating a healthy culture. We want you guys not only to learn this, but I want you guys to learn to live it 
Because if we learn to live it in our spiritual walk, we're going to make a difference wherever we go. If you're people of honor, if you're people of humility, if you're people of generosity, if we walk like this church, listen, we're going to make a great difference in this city. And I want to tell you something about these values because these values help us do what? Establish a culture. But guess what? You can't build culture. You have to be the culture. I could talk to you as much as you want. Listen, culture needs to be caught. You need to catch it. And when you catch it, you say, oh, I want that. I want to walk like that. I want to be like that. I, I, I need this in my life. Numa, this is who we are. Look what 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says. For the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord is what? The Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The Spirit of God is pneuma. That word for spirit there is the word pneuma. If you go to the Greek, it says, where the pneuma of God is, there's freedom. And that's our goal, church. That we could be fresh air wherever we go. And that people could have a conversation with you and say, man, every time I talk with you, I could take a deep breath. I could breathe deep. Because I see that there's something different. And the second, the second thing that I believe it makes Numa a place where you can breathe deep is our vision. Now, why is vision important? Well, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18 from the Message Bible. It says this, If the people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals... They are most blessed. So when you can't see what God is doing, what happens? The people stumble. But when you attend to what he's doing, and the Bible says that there's a blessing for that. So that's why one of the important things that we want you to know here at NUMA is what is our vision and how does that vision come to pass? And if you are part of that vision. So our vision is broken down into four phrases. Write this down. Number one, we're going to break, break it down. The first one is called love God. Love God. Here at Numa, we want to teach you to love God. But to really love Him. I know people that tell me, I love God. God wants you to really love Him. One day, the student of the law comes to Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is that you will love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. With all your mind, love God. What's the greatest commandment? To love Him. We want to teach you, church, to love God above everything. And when you need to make a decision, that decision is based on your love for Him. Look at me for a second. When you fail, I'm going to tell you something very important. When you fall or you fail, it's not a lack of self-discipline. It's a measurement of your love for God. Because a lot of people will try to have self-discipline not to fall into a temptation or not to do something. Sooner or later, you're going to fall. But if you're madly 
in love with God, you won't do something because of the love that you have for him. And I'll give you the example that my wife always gives. When we were in our honeymoon, one day we were driving in the car and there were some girls that were wearing some clothes. Well, they weren't really wearing too much clothes. They weren't wearing too much clothes. And my wife is peeking on the corner of the eye and all of a sudden she goes, I saw you looking. I'm like, no, you didn't. And she goes, I saw you look. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And she goes, oh, my God, if we're going to start out like this and this and that, I'm like, I did not look. And she goes, I want to tell you something that I want you to catch today. The reason that I didn't look at them is not because you're here, because there's going to be a day that you're not here. And I can look all I want. The reason that I didn't look at them is because of my love for God, because I know that he's here. And he's always going to be here. And I want to make sure that my heart is pure in front of him. My wife says, okay, you didn't look. (laughs) Why am I telling you this? Because when you love God with all your heart, you'll try not to break his heart. And we want to teach you here at NUMA, first part of our vision, to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. We all have a little void in our soul that is God-shaped. And only he can fill that. And if you're a believer in Christ, he already filled it. You have Christ living inside of you. You know what you need to be doing now? You need to be sharing that with other people. And letting other people know, hey, you know that God loves you? Your commitment right now has to be to try to get the lost saved. Those that don't know him, to know him. You know what God's mind is all about right now? God's mind is not about if we play the right key over here. God's mind is not too much if the transmission is coming. My mind is in all those things. But you know what God's mind is in right now? Those children that he has that are not part of his family yet. Those that he died for on the cross that have not come to be part of his family yet. All Luke 15, okay, All Luke 15, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost child. All about lost things that constantly are in the mind of God. I have four kids, and if I lose one of my four kids, I've lost a few of them sometimes. It was a bad thing I found them. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Like, Pastor, that's harsh. It's like you would know the stories, man. If I lose one of my kids and I've been going for days trying to find them, don't come and ask me how one of the ones that is at home doing. If I lose my son David, don't come and ask me how Hadassah's doing. Hadassah's fine. She's at home. Ask me how David's doing and how you can help me find David. And that's God's heart. God's heart is the ones that are still out there that he died for. That he died for. So we want to help people do what? Love God. We want to make sure you love God because when you love him, you'll do what he asks. Jesus says, you love me? Then you're going to do this. Why? Out of love for him. The second phrase of our vision is be free. Can you say that with me? Be free. All right. I love the scripture that I'm going to share with you. It's found in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other, And pray for each other that you may be 
healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What does the Bible say? That we need to confess our sins to who? To each other. I'm going to say it to you like this. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness. But we confess our sins to each other for healing. The other day, my wife and I were in a lunch. And all of a sudden, somebody in that lunch started speaking about things that were deep in his heart that he had never shared. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this became like a confession session right here. He started, and then after he finished talking, then his father-in-law was sitting on the other side of the table, and he starts to confess. And he goes, hey, hey hold on. I'm the one that's confessing right now. You got to wait. And he started to, and then all of a sudden, the other person that was on the, when you start to share things that are, it starts becoming contagious because you want the freedom that you get from it. And the enemy will tell you, you can't tell that to anybody because if they find out, if they really find out what you're thinking or what you've done, they're going to push you away. But you know what? When you do what I told you a little while ago and you just dive and you live that experience of bringing out those things, the freedom that you start to find is uncomparable. And here in Numa, I believe that real freedom comes in the context of relationships doesn't mean that you're going to come up here and say, hey, three years ago I did this, and last week I did this. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that you would have two or three or four people in your circle that you could talk to, and you could say, man, I'm facing this challenge right now. I'm going through this temptation right now. Can you pray for me? And the Bible says that the prayer of the righteous person avails much. It can accomplish much. When you open yourself and you say, this is who I am. I need healing in this area. I need freedom. And that person will pray for you. The question that I have, who really knows you for who you are? You need to have two or three people that really know you for who you are. And that will not reject you when they hear the stuff that you need to say. One of the things that I love that Pastor Max said one day in a preaching, and I take notes from my disciples, and, and it's great to know. He goes, you're not truly loved until you're truly known. You're not truly loved until you're truly known. This is who I am. You love me? So freedom comes what? In the context of relationships. And that's why we're so adamant about small groups here at NOMA. We started our small groups this last week. You're still in time to get in a small group. You need a small group desperately. Like, Pastor, I don't see the benefit of it. I pray you do. I'm a result of a small group. I'm a result of five or six. At that moment, we were all clowns. All right? You heard the right word. Not spiritual, man. Clowns. But we love God, man, and we put worship. We would pray for one another. And you know what God started to do? He started to build and build and build. And last night I was finding some of those pictures and some of, and my wife was like, oh, that's all your previous history before me. And I'm like, oh, but that was a glorious history. Because there would be no us if it wouldn't have been for that situation and those things that we get, went through. And I found that wood from that, <laughs> from that Forata 2000. 
the year 2000, we did a fogata. We did a fire thing in Key Biscayne. And I found it last night. Like this wood has been with me forever, man. You can't get rid of that wood. But it was those moments. It was those moments. So I want to encourage you. You need to have a tribe of people. Hadassah was like, has Max always been around? Has Hema always been around? Like, yep, can't get rid of them, man. Like, tried. I've tried. Can't get rid of them. And here we are. 23 years later, we're still rolling. Pastor Max did a fabulous job with the man on Wednesday night, huh? I heard that he tore it up, man. I love it. Because when, when I'm sick and I have somebody coming up at DH, sometimes the DH does a better job. I've had people come, Pastor, you can take like three weeks off, man. These guys are doing better than you. It's great. It's great. The third point of our vision is live on purpose. Say with me, live on purpose. Okay, the first one is love God. Number two, be free. Number three, live on purpose. All right, this is so important what I'm going to tell you right now. Because I think that one of the things that really makes Numa Church unique, especially in the Hispanic Latin world, has to do with this. Because you know in the Hispanic Latin world, all right, the pastor wants to be at the top and he don't want nobody to get close. Well, that's not the story here. The story here at Numa is that I want all you guys to be greater than I am. I want you guys to retire me early. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I'm out. I want you guys to be greater because you guys were created for great things. And here at NUMA, we've put systems in place to help you discover your special wiring, the way that God made you. Because when you discover that, you become passionate about it. Yesterday, I was talking to someone, and that person goes, Pastor, why are you leaving so quick? Let's talk. And his buddy that was there, like, Pastor, if you don't leave now and this guy starts talking, he'll be talking for like 20 hours. There's no stopping him because his passion is to talk. And I had to go, boy. <laughs> I'm like, I got to go, man. Got to get up early for church tomorrow. When you're passionate for something, look at me. They got to stop you. When you're passionate for something, you're going at it. You don't need somebody to tell you, go and do this. Like you guys have heard the stories of Kobe Bryant, the times that he would get up to practice like at 4 a.m. Nobody had to go and tell him that. He would just do it. Why? Because he was passionate about it, what he was doing. I have my good friend Shafiq here. I love Shafiq, the hat that you're wearing today. Shafiq is passionate about insurance and helping people with their life and their health. If you talk to Shafiq for 10 minutes you end up buying life insurance from him. Why? Because he's passionate about what he does. He wants to make sure that you're secure and that if something happens to you, you're not a burden to your family and all. He's passionate about it. Have Oscar sitting back there. How are you doing, Oscar? So Oscar has a group for... You know, young people, 18 through 25, or 19 through 25, I'm sorry. So I told Oscar the other day, we need to ramp up that group. You need to look for people every week. Be careful, man. If you're between 19 and 25, Oscar and Litzer are coming after you today. Because he's passionate about that age group. He wants to show you how to form a family and how to save and how to handle your finances and all that. He's passionate about it. 
And here at Numa, if you're passionate about something, the pastor's not going to say, okay, you can't do this. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a platform so that you do it. I want you to do whatever you're supposed to do and do it good. And make a difference through it while you do it. Romans 12, 6 and 8, it says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts. Say with me, different gifts. Different gifts for doing certain things well. And then he starts breaking down the list of gifts. I'm not going to get into it. We could, he just starts talking, hey, is it a gift of prophecy? Do it. If it's a gift of service, do it. Is it encouraging others? Do it. If it's generosity, do it. If it's leadership, do it. He's saying, whatever is your gift, do it. And get after it. There's a stat that came out a few years ago during COVID from a group called Barna. They go and do studies in churches and Christians and they get a group of people and start asking questions. And you know that they came up with a statistic that says that 87% of Christians do not know what their gift is. 87% of Christians don't know what their gift is. You imagine if 80%, 87% of your body didn't know how to function correctly, what would happen to you? You wouldn't get up from bed. You couldn't. Your body wouldn't work. It was shut down. What that stat says is that only 13% of Christians know what their gift is and are walking in it. And you want to ask me why the church is the way it is? Here we go. One of the major problems. But at Numa, we're going to help you discover that. My good friend Emmerich is sitting right back there. Our Frenchman, Emmerich, raise your hand. Victoire. Victory, baby. Emmerich and his wife, they lead our growth track team. And growth track is designed to help you discover that. If you want to become a member of NUMA, you want to get baptized, you want to do all these things, you got to do the growth track. And my favorite step of the growth track is a step where you do your gifting test so that you figure out. I love the aha moment. What is the aha moment? When the person says, oh, aha, now I understand what is in here. Now I understand why I'm passionate about this. Now I understand. Remember when that happened in the growth track that we did in Tampa? And that lady just goes, wow. She started crying because she goes, I've always felt awkward, but now I understand that God put that inside of me. So today is step one. Great day to do your growth track. Great day. And the last but not least, the fourth, the fourth phrase of our vision. We're talking about what makes NUMA a place where we want you to deep breath. Take a deep breath through number one, our culture. And number two, our vision. And our vision is love God, be free, live on purpose. The last one, make a difference. Once you discover your purpose, you start walking in it. You start to do what? You start to make a difference. I want to close with this verse, John 15, verse 8, and then verse 11. And this is key for somebody in this room, by the way. This verse that I'm going to give, somebody that is watching online, this is key for you. Listen to what Jesus says. When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. I have told you these things, verse 11, 
so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Like, what does that have to do with anything? You know that one of the greatest needs that I see in the body of Christ is for joy? I see Christians that have lost their joy. And they're always like bitter and they're like on edge and they're anxious and all these things. And there's no joy. You know why there's no joy? Because you're not making a difference with your life. Because the Bible says that when you give much fruit, listen to what that verse says. When you give much fruit, if you can put the verse again, all right, it says, you will be filled with my joy and your joy will overflow. A lot of times the church focuses on trying to get the person to fix their problem. I want to tell it to you like this. Maybe I can't fix your problem, but I can focus you on making a difference with your life. And as you make a difference, joy starts to come to your life. And the problem might still be there, but in the midst of that, you're still joyful. And you're still full of life and you're still excited. You want to know it? This morning I was in a room back there praying and I'm like, I don't even know if I have what it takes to preach today of how bad I was feeling. And you look at me now and Evelyn told me something. You know what she told me? Pastor, every time you feel sick, it's your best sermons. And like, I don't know if I'm going to take that and say amen to what you're saying or not. I don't want to be feeling sick. <laughs> but why do you see me come alive? Because I'm walking in my purpose and I'm making a difference through doing that. So my, I'm joyful. I'm joyful. I want you to be joyful. You need joy in your life. Pastor, what do I do? Start making a difference with your life. Start making a difference. Not that you remember when we went to do the missions trip after Hurricane Katrina. We went, we drove all the way to Louisiana. When we got to Louisiana after Katrina, they didn't let us into New Orleans because New Orleans was destroyed. So they send us to Mississippi. And actually Mississippi, Biloxi, Mississippi is where Hurricane Katrina had come through. So it was destroyed and they allowed us to work there. Can you believe I was going through those pictures this week? And I was going through those pictures. I told my wife this day right here. And Hamas in that. And a guy named Manny's in there. Right, we almost killed that guy that day, boy. And there's so many people. Andres, Dre is in that, looking all young and everything. These guys would keep me awake, asking me questions. And I told my wife, that day, that day, till the day that I die, I'll remember that day because of the way that got moved. And we would go from one place to the next, to one conversation to the next. And it was like if God, the whole day from 8 a.m., to like nine o'clock at night that we were busted as he had ordained the whole day. It was like walking a whole day step by step in God's agenda. And wherever you went, you were making a difference. You know how I went to sleep that night? Busted, but with such joy. One of the guys didn't even shower. Thanks God he didn't sleep next to me. He slept like two beds over. Farid, you remember Farid? Oh boy. Farid and Chris. It's like they were doing a fast from showering. I don't know about that story. Don't do that fast, please. <laughs> Some of you guys look like you might be fat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> from showering. No, no. 
But I want to close by telling you this. God has hardwired you to make a difference in this world. He hardwired you for it. There's no failure to it. You're called to make a difference in this world. David, you're called to make a difference. We were talking about that the other day. You and your wife are called to make a difference. Rene, which is the man behind the camera, you should see this guy when he starts coaching come alive. Now the school's looking for a coach. I'm going to submit his name. He doesn't know it, but I'm going to submit his name. I have a meeting with Dr. Harrison this week. I'm going to drop that name. I'm going to say, Rene, great coach. Because he comes alive. I love to see people coming alive. <laughs> He's putting himself on the camera. Can you believe that? Jesus. Church. Only at Numa. Only at Numa. We want to build ministries here at Numa around your gift, around your passion, around your talent. Let's make a difference together, church. Bow your heads and close your eyes. With your eyes closed and head bowed, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what is he speaking to you this morning? But I also want you to ask the Holy Spirit, why has he brought you to be part of Numa? Why has he brought you to this spiritual house? And what is that he wants you to do through the way that he's wired you here? Let's take a moment in his worship.
this morning, if you're here in this place, or you're listening to this message, and maybe you've been so down that you don't feel that you have anything to give. Like Pastor Milton was saying at the beginning, maybe you're even doubting the love that God has for you because of the different circumstances and situations you've faced. It could be an area in your life where you don't have freedom from and it keeps putting you down. But today I want to shout and tell you that there's so much value to you and there's so much going for you and there's so much that God wants to do through your life that if you would just put your life in His hands and if you would allow Him you would tell Him, Lord, here I am, use me, God. And you tell Him, 2023, Lord, I'm going to dive in and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after my purpose and I'm going to make a difference. And I don't know how that looks like, Lord, but I, I'm going to do these things that the pastor's saying. I guarantee you that what God would do in your life would be so powerful. So if today you're in this room and you say, I want to make a commitment to love God with all my heart, to seek for that freedom that I need in my life because I want to be free. If you're here in this room and you say, you know what? I want to live on purpose in 2023. I don't, I don't want to waste more years. I don't want to waste more months. I don't want to waste a day of my life because I want to make a difference in this world. And if that's you here today, I want you to stand to your feet right there where you're at. You don't need to come to the front, but just stand to your feet right there where you're at. If you say, I want to love God, I need to be free. I want to live on purpose. I want to make a difference. If that's you, just stand to your feet. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I believe that this is a holy moment right now. There's people that are making commitments this day in this place. And they're going to do a deep dive with you, Lord. They're going to go all in. My God, and I haven't ever seen somebody go all in that you haven't backed that person up. So I pray in Jesus' name that you give them the strength, the fortitude, that you would give them the perseverance that they need, that you would do a work, Father God, in them and through them so powerfully that will look back until this day and say, Lord, I remember that Sunday when Pastor was talking about the importance to, to breathe deep. I remember that was the day of commitment. Father, in Jesus' name, do it now. And that their lives will never be the same again as they start walking out in what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name. And right there where you're at with heads bowed, eyes closed, if there's anybody in this room that has never invited Jesus Christ into their life as their Lord and Savior, you don't know if you died today, if you have the gift of eternal life. I want you to be able to have a relationship with God through Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You want to receive forgiveness of your sins? You want eternal life? You come to Jesus. You follow Jesus, and he will give you that. And if that's you this morning... They say, Pastor, I want to make this decision. Whether you're watching through the camera or you're here, you're going to repeat with me. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, today I open my heart to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you for forgiveness 
for all my sins, for all my mistakes. I believe, Jesus, that your blood on the cross covered them and paid for me. So today, I declare that I am a son or daughter of God, forgiven and ready to live out the purpose that you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all say, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.